Hey guys, this episode we take a look at things we've talked about this year as we head into our holiday break. South Park cancels Heroes of the Storm, EA shits on itself, and we can continue to send text messages tax-free. I'm Mitch. I'm Tim. And I am Jason. And away we go. Hey, Mitch. What up? Hey, Jason. Hi. You know what time it is? Um, tea time? It could be somewhere. I'm sure it's tea time somewhere. Uh, it is time for our last show of the year. Man, team sounds really good right now. Yeah. No, you can't have any tea because you have to do the last show. Okay, fine. Yep. So it's kind of sad. Yep. And happy. Sad and happy. So we're going to be taking we're going to be taking next week off because, you know, Christmas and holidays and all that. And then uh, we'll be back in 2019. How do you guys think 2018 went for uh, for TMJ syndrome? Well, seeing as we started halfway through the year i think we we've done really well we haven't missed an episode yet yeah i think the first quarter didn't go very well for tmj syndrome i think 2018 gave tmj syndrome a lot of content right it did give us a lot of content there's a lot of a lot of crazy ass stuff going on this year Mm -hmm. it turns out that the internet is crazy and then the real world becomes crazy because they don't know how to react correctly to the internet. Yep. Works well for us. We've really like run the gambit, haven't we? From from video games to media reviews to video games. To more media reviews. Yep. And a, a light sprinkling of local politics. Yep. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were We were unable to turn the tide, unfortunately, on the local politics thing. Uh, silly, silly tax laws got put in place in Arizona, but that's okay. I'm sure it won't have any problems or repercussions for 2019. Foreshadowing. I mean, like, as of right now, it probably won't do anything, right? So, it's fine. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be great. It'll be, like, the best, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> But as a as a side note to that, because um, you guys saw the the texting tax that uh, California was That's proposing, the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. But yes, I've seen that. Uh, well, it well it got shot down oh, by good. the FCC. The FCC uh, ruled that text messages are um, a source of data or a data stream or something along those lines, to where they are not able to be taxed the way that California was attempting to tax them um, as like a communication service or something. So can, no. California, can you stop taxing dumb shit? Cause people keep moving away and there's a lot of people in California. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how far that would, would have went anyway. Right. Like there's so many, different alternatives to text messaging nowadays you have 
uh, Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, various other group me's, Kick. Like there's so many different um, messaging services that you can use that aren't text messages that like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that it would have been, I don't know if it would have been that big of a deal. I could see a lot of people just moving over to using Facebook messages and then it being like, okay, cool. Well now we're not getting any tax money from this new tax that we just, and then they'll try to do that. Yeah. My point is like, even if it's not a big deal, it's, it's an encroaching problem. It seems like it is never, and it's like a, a monolithic monster that never stops. It always needs more. Yeah. More taxes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does, it does kind of seem that way, but you can also make the argument that like products and services are always changing. And because I think it is partly a problem of when they make taxes, they make the tax too specific. So it's like it's a tax on this specific product. Well, when someone when the consumers start moving away from that product, like, uh oh, now the tax revenue went down. So now it's like they want to start a new tax. Then everyone fights it like it's a brand new tax. But really, they're just trying to replace revenue that was lost. So like I can see on I can see on one hand why it's kind of a predicament for legislatures. But, you know, on the other hand, like, you know, fuck taxes, right? Well, especially if you're from an area that already has high taxes everywhere. California taxes are definitely pretty high. They're extremely high. They're almost 50%. Am I I wrong? That's what I've heard. You're probably right. Especially if you're a business owner. I've never lived in California, so I don't really know. I would never live in California. I would love to live in California if it just wasn't so damn expensive. I have an opposite personality. I don't care about how aesthetically pleasing your location is. If your place is miserable to live in because of of things like uh, your wage or how much it costs, it's not worth it. I'd rather go live in the BFE of nowhere, pay nothing, and I'd have a much better life. I could at least go to trip on trips then and see things. Yeah, I I mean, I I guess that's a that's a perspective of it, right? Like, but at the same time, you can go on a trip to see. You can go on a trip to California because you want to go to the beach or do any of the stuff that they have over there, right? But like, if you live there, you could just do that all the time. I mean, yeah, just don't eat more than once a day. You'd be good. Well, yeah, you got to keep your beach body up. Yeah. So, I mean, you're not going to be eating more than once a day anyway. But then at the same time, I'll give you a really, a really nice argument, though. That might be good for you, but then your children may not be, can, might not have that, the same kind of money. So they're definitely not buying a house in that area. Yeah, I guess that's true. Unless you're rich enough to cover for them. Well, that's why we need to have that uh, that proposed split that they were talking about, right? And they were oh, the California split. Split. Yeah, New California and California. Last one was like six different states that they wanted to make. I mean, it's big enough. They wanted to make a whole state out of just Silicon Valley. It was the map just looked hilarious. I mean it it it's not a bad idea. <laughs> At least I mean have okay, let me let me rephrase that. Knowing nothing about it, it's not a bad idea to me. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Since I don't know anything about it, I fully support. Yep. It sounds great. It sounds be like a good, good plan. Be a good politician, Mitch. Yeah. <laughs> So hey man, I'm, I'm almost uh, I'm almost old enough to run. 
There you 20, go. What, oh, the next, like 2024. Senate? You can be a right now, can't you? Yeah, you can't, you can't just, you, you can run for other parts of office, just not the presidency. No, I yeah. can run for the, I can be, I can run for the presidency in 2024. Perfect. So, so Mitch 2024. Mitch. Mitch, Mitch 2024. Yep. President, there you go. Mitch. So, what do you, what do you, what do you guys think? We've done, we've done some reviews of various things. I think that, you know, one that stuck out that created, you know, a minor amount of controversy was we, we kind of nagged on South Park at the beginning of our, uh, couple months back when the South Park season was just starting. Now that the season has concluded, uh, what do you guys, what do you guys think has, has did, do the South Park people still have it? Uh, I think it got a lot better. I still stand by my original assessment, though. I, 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 in the first episode, I said I think the reason why the first couple episodes seem bland is because they're no longer making episodes throughout the year, so they're playing catch up to previous controversies. And then after those three episodes, it's more modern stuff, and it just makes more sense. So it definitely got a hell of a lot better. Yeah, and and it definitely seems. Like they are because they brought back that whole cancel South Park thing in the very last episode of the season. Uh, And so I do I do wonder how true or like if it is something that they are actively trying to get canceled or like they just don't want to do the show anymore. So I actually like based off of some of the content in the episodes and the old characters that they're bringing back out, it almost seems like they're almost doing like a South Park in review. Um, like, because it's this season and the next season is the only ones that they have signed for, right? Seems to uh, be, yeah. Yeah, that's I'm not a, sure. I think that's what they agreed on. So, like, I think it's a, a pretty high possibility that they may, be, they may be like, yeah, we signed one more time, we're going to do some good content and then that'll probably be the end of it after next season. I mean, that's okay. I'm, I'm all right with that. It's been, it'll be season 23 next year. So, I mean, 23 years of it is fine by me. Yeah. That's a lot of content. And I actually like, I kind of changed my mind through the season. I thought the first couple episodes really like, fell flat and I don't think like the the jokes that they made were kind of were like bland they were kind of they weren't just weren't they weren't really there and by the by the end of the season I feel like like I don't I don't know if it was maybe the season was made was written linearly and just the way like the uh like Trey was got more and more into more and more into the writing as he went as he went in and like got his stride back or something like that but uh it definitely seems like the 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 later episodes were more inspired and more like what you'd expect well so i liked uh after all of this i kind of went back and watched some episodes and the overall theme since they've been doing this uh this whole like um each episode kind of backs off each other was the whole consumers versus the workers thing. And the first instance of that, if you go back, I I saw was the PC babies, not them themselves, but when they got signed to a record label, 
the record label saw something that was pop that was seemed to be deemed to be popular among the populace, aka the PC babies, is screaming and whining, and they tried to capitalize off of it, make and then turning the consumers versus the workers type deal, meaning the corporation kind of stands by and tries to be the innocent person because they're trying to make themselves look good. So, like to me, that theme is actually very relevant and pre- prevalent throughout the entire season. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, that's something that that really that, that really hit me. I go, to me, I was seeing an underlying point that they were trying to make a little bit. And to me, the cancel South South Park could have been that they were really going hard after some some corporations, Amazon being the most blatant one. If that makes sense, I mean, they even yeah, they were, they had a Marxist guy in there, um, and that they were making fun of because Marxism, if you look at it can be kind of funny and crazy but they they definitely had kind of an anti-corporate message going on or i, I don't know if they were tr- maybe trying to balance it out but it, it seemed pretty balanced against the anti-corporate message what did you guys think hmm interesting i don't know i haven't uh i haven't gone back and watched any of the previous episodes so i i don't know but like thinking about it now that you said that it makes sense. Well, I mean, so they had the small business thing going on with Randy going into the weed farming, mm-hmm. right? And then their balance to their count, their balance to that is even though Randy started as a small business, eventually he started doing the things that made Amazon as big as it did. They had an app, they have a delivery system, they had all these other things, and they've done that before in the past uh, with the get the rid of the when they wanted to get rid of Walmart. Do you remember that one? Uh, yeah. kind of. Yeah. So Walmart came to town. Everyone and Walmart started taking up everyone's job. So everybody had to work at the Walmart because everything was so cheap. So you had to work at the Walmart to buy the cheap things. And then like, remember they were trying to to stop the Walmart. Oh yeah. And then the Walmart shows up and it's a guy and he's like, "That's not even my true farm." He like removes his mustache. He's like, "Ah!" <laughs> I do remember episode. that. And the way they beat the Walmart is that people start going to another local business supplier and then over time they show that that business supplier basically just becomes walmart again so they kind of did that same theme again with randy's pot farm so it's you could say like part of the theme was they were promoting small business versus big business and then small business versus big business went from uh, class system from poor to rich and then from their final message was jeff bezos is so smart he removed poor to rich and got consumers versus workers instead so instead of being mad at Walmart for not paying their workers right, the consumers are mad at the workers because they're not getting their stuff. Completely defecting the corporation from harm. All the while, the meat, the small business, Tegrity Weed, is like growing and becoming Correct. the new big business. Correct. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. The cycle never ends. So I appreciated that, even though I, I feel like sometimes it wasn't funny. I, I I got the message. I think I got the message. I'm not saying I'm like super smart, but that's just, that was my interpretation of the entire season. Hmm. You know, I'm, I feel like I have to go back and like watch it all again now. Yeah. Now that it's all out, I can just binge through it and kind of take it all in. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, definitely... at the very least, uh, even if I don't get any underlying meetings, it's, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed the episode, so. Yeah. What were you going to say, Tim? Still, it's a good show. They still, they, I think they still have it. 
to answer my own question. Yeah, I do too. And, but I do, I definitely think, and that's this is my prediction, I think that they will not renew it after the next, after the last, the next season. Well, they'll definitely be missed because I feel like South Park, we need that perspective on the world sometimes. I just think so. And they'll definitely be sorely missed if they do go away. So the question is whether or not they're going to, if they just go away, are they not going to do anything else? Or do you think they'll come out with a different show? Well, they still have to, they still have to eat, right? So maybe they'll do another, maybe they're just burnt out and they want a new project. Maybe they'll continue making plays. Maybe they'll go back to movie making. I mean, I think most of the movies, actually all the movies they've made, fucking Cannibal the Musical, Orgasmo, Basketball, Team America. I think all those movies are fucking hilarious. They just weren't commercially successful except for their South Park movie as far as I understand and maybe basketball did okay have you watched was, any of the movies I have was Team America them I didn't realize that yeah that's one actually I didn't realize them. I didn't realize that basketball was either that, I know that, Matt, and, Matt and Trey playing their own movie that's yeah now that you say that I mean it's been years since I've watched that movie and I yeah. can definitely see that one not being as as popular but I, I felt like uh, Team America was pretty popular when it came out I, I don't know if it got the box office numbers they want. This is literally their last oh movie God. they ever made. Basketball had a budget of $23 million and its box office did $7 million. So Yeah, it did not do very well. Horrible flaw. It's a funny movie, though. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, now Team America like had a budget of, of 30 and box office did 51 Yeah. So none of their movies have really been super commercially successful, but I think they're hilarious, especially Orgasmo. My God, is that funny? So if they went, if they went, they wanted to try that again, I wouldn't be mad. They did. I think most of their films are pretty relevant too. It's to this day, you can go back and they're still funny. Hmm. I can get everybody on this podcast knows I'm a fan at this point. Cause I know about all this shit. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it'll be interesting. What? It'll, be, no it'll be interesting to see what they do, if they do anything. Uh, yeah, after South Park. Well, also too, like even if they're getting bored, they have an entire staff that works at South Park Studios. So that's that. That's probably not something that could be taken very lightly. Too, regardless of burnout. Like if they do not get renewed, then there goes that staff, unless they take them on for other projects. You know. Yeah, or the, I mean. But that happens all the time with shows, right? Like whether or not it's they just don't renew it because it, it the renewing thing might not be them too, right? Like they could be Comedy Central, could just be yeah, Comedy Central might just not want to renew it or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's not. I guess not necessarily that it's canceled. When I when I hear the word canceled for TV shows, I I think more of a, uh, like you had you know five seasons under contract or whatever, and it it got canceled halfway through. But if the contract runs up and you don't renew it, then that could be their decision. That could be Comedy Central's decision. That could be a whole lot of things. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, th- I feel like people that have worked on South Park, that's a pretty good resume item that you can put on other things. To right, but as, as an administrator, like let's say there wasn't, they were they were just getting burnt out and they wanted to go away. As an administrator, that could be something that could prevent you from doing it by yourself. That, that's what my point was. No, oh, yeah, I guess so. I guess yeah. so. So I kind of hope they stick around. I'm, I I think South Park's perspective on things is almost still very needed right now. That's my opinion on that one, though. 
Well, it's like Trey Parker said, sometimes what's right isn't as important as what's profitable. So one of our, I think it was our third or fourth episode, we talked about World of Warcraft Battle for Azeroth. And this was probably the start of the year of video game scandals, at least in terms of this program. Um, there were already stuff beyond that, but I feel like I feel like the fall was literally littered with them, and it started with Battle for Azeroth. What do you think? Yeah, uh, at least that's when I started really paying attention to it, right? And, and that could partly be because of the uh, fact that. Well, I don't think really a whole lot of video games came out before the fall. Uh, two, I we weren't really doing the podcast before that, so I wasn't really paying attention as much. Maybe not, but yeah, there were, it seemed like this this fall slash early winter was just littered with bad blood in the video game industry. I think almost every major studio has has had like a really big kerfluffle. Yeah, totally. I agree. Like you basically go down the list of all the of all the of all the big ones like you got you got Blizzard. They had they had a couple of really bad ones. They've been they've been having some having some trouble uh their their latest numbers for their earnings report showed that like their active player count is down across the board. Their revenue is down like they are having problems but i think it all i think it you know you got the you got the battle for azeroth but then like the really big controversies i think started with the ea and battlefield 5 yep that's that's true um and i think all of them have a theme too like uh fault 76 had a lot of controversies Uh, we explained that we liked the game but we didn't say that the game didn't have bugs and stuff like that but with some of these other companies too, uh, uh, with like long-standing series, to me it feels like they're heavily—I don't know—they're they're so heavily niche. To before, like like say Battlefield was a, a specific niche. They they're all trying to remove that niche and appeal to the greater mass market. And when you do that, you make it super bland. And that was actually a lot of the problems with Battle for Azeroth too. Like the systems that were in place were were designed. To try to bring as many people as possible, but they didn't even get that. They didn't even get that. Yeah, because they lost the soul of the game. Yeah. Like, do you remember back? Like, demographics used to be a thing. If you had a product, one of the things was like, "What demographic can I sell this to? Can I sell it to men and women? Can I sell it to kids and teens?" Or you know, 25 to 40 year olds, stuff like that. And now everyone's like, no, we want everybody. Everybody must buy it. And when you, when you do that, you appeal to no one. Yeah. I mean, everyone has a lot of money though. So it's really, (laughs) it's really, uh, it's really tempting to do that. Right. But you're, you're totally right. Like if, like if your game is only going to be only going to be a game that like, like say, men between the age of 16 to 25 are going to like, then just own that and make it that kind of game. And I think developers who do that kind of thing seem to be more, uh, more successful. Well, and then, so I guess my question then is, is that really 
the developer's fault. And I say that as in um, developer being in this instance, you know, EA or Blizzard or Bethesda, or is it more of the fault of the fact that they are now owned by, you know, a, a publicly traded company and, and they have stockholders to, um, represent to and everything to where like you have the, the games that are able to go through and, and make uh, a game that's, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm making this game for 18 to 30 year olds. I'm going to own that. Those are the small indie developers or maybe not even indie, but smaller developers, right? Like, um, I would say obsidian, they are making the new, uh, the great out, doors or great out no, world or outer worlds the outer, outer world worlds. there you go thank you i don't know why i was thinking whatever anyway <laughs> the outer worlds right and that like that game feels like it is targeted towards people that played um fallout new vegas it's people targeted towards people that played borderlands like we talked about in the previous episode and they own that that's what they're making right but when yep. you have um you know bethesda or you have blizzard making the new Diablo Immortal or or Battle for Azeroth or whatever they're doing, right? Like they're making, they have all these other influences that are coming into the game that they're making probably, and this is my speculation anyway, that they are, they need to make a game that is successful to more than just the audience that they are wanting to target, which turns it into a bad game for everyone. Right. And in the case of Diablo Immortal, like they're, to me, they're subversively trying to, I might have said this before, trying to market to China, but they're also trying to make that game palatable to everybody else in their own Which, right. Which, by the way, I'm really curious to see how that one turns out, uh, especially now that China has banned Diablo. Yeah, and according to that leak record or whatever on Reddit. Yep. A whole bunch of, I mean, so they said Fortnite and PUBG would have been banned too for violence and and chat having chat rooms basically that, or they said volatile chat rooms or something like that. So, yeah. so if that turns out to be the case, right, and China does ban games like that, and and you have Blizzard making a game for China, like that that game is going to one hundred percent crash if that ends up being the case. Right, because well, the, that game will be so sanitized to what China wants that everybody in the outside world, uh, outside of China, wouldn't really care for it. Yep. Yeah, and like it's it's kind of a mis misstep, right? Like if they if they wanted to make a game, they could have made a game that was for China. They should have just done that. Yeah. You know, make it like it's a Chinese only launch, and I bet it would actually gone better for them because. Say you have all these Diablo fans and they make a game that is only for China and it's what and it's oh like this is an exclusive launch in North Korea, China and all like that whole area. And like I bet you would have gotten a different reaction. I bet the reaction would have been like, whoa, we want the game for us, you know, yeah. like because because now you can't have it. So now they want it. Right. Whereas mm -hmm. they're upset that it wasn't. Instead of they're upset that it's not Diablo Four. <sighs> well, okay, so like even more so, uh, they basically shut down all support for Heroes of Support of, of the Storm too, which was unexpected. I think because remember at BlizzCon they announced that new specific character that was only like a Heroes of the Storm original character. Yep. 
And now yeah. they've done that. So I guess they're shaking things up and putting Heroes of the Storm into legacy mode. So basically just supporting the game and but not really getting new content. Oh, and since Blizzard Rick runs their own esports said uh, side of things, apparently they're cutting off that too. And a lot of streamers yep. and professional gamers are very angry. I mean, did it have that big of a following? Yeah, I it had Heroes of the Dorm, which was like a college circuit, which was kind of a big thing. But uh, I don't know. This is like this is this is one of those things where I'm always kind of like skeptical of the idea of like the esport being tied so closely to the developer of the game, right? Because it's like it should when it's not run by a different company, then you get stuff like this. Like they're now cutting off funding. And, and the thing is, I bet, I bet they won't even allow other people to open up esports around the game because Blizzard has such a bitter taste in their, in their mouth about how brute, what happened to them with brood war. You'll have to fill me in there. What happened with brood war? Well, so like, like, uh, like Starcraft one came out and it became, a big thing in Korea and over over the years, like there weren't really updates from Blizzard for the game. It was essentially the same version of the game for like 15 years. And then like that same version of the game was being was being uh, used by people in Korea. They made a whole tournament system around it. The game didn't have licensing that set it up in a way where Blizzard had any control over those tournaments. So there was a huge dispute when StarCraft 2 came out uh, when StarCraft 2 was about to come out about the uh, property rights to to StarCraft 1 and whether or not all these companies could continue to use the game because Blizzard wasn't getting a dime of any of those any of those dollars and they ended up they ended up not really getting what they wanted from it so when starcraft 2 came out they they took control of the esports experience and like everything flows through blizzard when it comes to uh when it comes to any kind of esport event did activision own blizzard when they when that was going on uh let's see when did activision 2009 or was something wasn't it like shortly after wrath of lich king 2008 so yes they would have bought hmm because i feel like that oh has... wait 2008 activision yeah so yeah so activision yeah, 2000 around 2008 is when that process started there was some business when stuff did, that happened in the background before it was actually merged into the same company. But yeah. When did Starcraft two come out? Uh, 2010. Okay. Okay. So yeah, they definitely owned it. So, cause I wonder if that played, that's almost like that, you know, that corporate greed there again. Right. Because I well, mean, they did, does it really matter if you're getting a cut of, you know, if, if, if Joe Schmo like if we wanted to have if if us TMJ syndrome wanted to host our own gaming um, tournament, right, and start the start an esports style league where we we host our own tournament tournament for whatever game that we want to play, 
and we throw in prize money or whatever and everything like that and we charge admission to come see it starts getting bigger yada 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 like i i don't the even though the content that the people are playing is the game the content that people are watching is the players that are playing the game right yeah. So and like the storylines that you've created and the tournament that you set up, like right. it's way more than just the game. So like having saying like I I can understand, you know, being like, well, you know, as an Activision, as Blizzard, I made this game, therefore I want part of the profits that you're making from the the tournament the tournament that you're hosting, right? Or even if there are no profits, like say we charged admission or whatever and all the admission went into the pile that went to the winners of the tournament and then blizzard came in and was like yeah i want i want 10 percent of the admissions fees so then we have to like lower the pot i like i don't know if i really agree with that because it's i mean yeah it's their game but that's not what people are that it's not their story it's not their content it's the content is the tournament right that's like saying yeah. that's like saying uh for with the the games played fast people right um if someone was to come through and be like oh yeah i want to play crash bandicoot and, and run through that as quickly as i can and then the developer of that being like okay cool yeah but i want a cut of all the of all the admissions fees that you're getting and the twitch subscriptions and whatever like i don't know if i necessarily agree with that well so to me, this goes – what you're talking about goes back to an age-old argument of online versus offline, and this goes back to when StarCraft II first announced they want to have LAN play. And the best example I can give you of why that was a bad idea is the fighting game community because let's say Heroes of the Storm offered a LAN option. Those people, Heroes of the Dorm, could keep that game alive forever. People still play old-ass fighting games that no one cares about anymore – and they brought them into the fighting game community, got tournaments going, and now they're popular again. This is the reason why Smash Bros. Melee will never die or why Street Fighter Third Strike will never die. They're offline games, and the fighting game community is completely immune to this kind of stuff. And it's it's kind of dangerous, especially like, like eventually um, – this is my last point. Eventually Heroes of the Storm will, will just go off life support and go offline. And this has always been the problem with online-only games is now you never get to play that game again. Yeah, which is kind of bullshit, right? When you play, yeah. when you've purchased the game for the same amount of money that you bought a normal another game that you can install and play whenever you want, like a fighting game. Right. Hmm. It's kind of like nowadays. It's kind of that buyer beware when you talk about when you talk about multiplayer games. And it's kind of funny, too, right? Because there are so many games whose model is multiplayer only. And like if it's if they come out and they are. Like people stop playing the game, it's like you just wasted $60 on literally nothing because you can't play anything. Yeah, especially when it's a multiplayer only game where like there's I think it would be different if you were if you were buying a console game that was multiplayer only, only that supported local split screen. Right. Um, right. Cause exactly. then at, at least you could, you could still put it in, you could boot it up, you can play with friends, you know, sit on your couch, etc. But like call of duty, the new black ops game, that's 
only online play. You know, a, a year from now, they're going to have another Call of Duty game. Two years from now, they're going to have another new one. And by that time, their community for this game is probably going to be dwindled to very, very little people. And then it eventually will go away. Uh, the servers will get shut down after some period of time. And at that point, you don't even have a single player game to fall back on if you want to go back and replay. At least, you know, with the original um, wartime games, like I could go back and play, you know, the first Medal of Honor game, uh, just install that and play the the campaign and the story and, and go through that, you know, whenever I want. Because there's nothing that's, nothing prevents me from doing that. Right. I agree. Yeah, and it it seems it's been a very deliberate choice for all these all these companies to remove that offline ability, right? So that it's like yeah, like if you want to if you want to play our game, you have to play by our rules, which allows them to control thing all these tournaments and everything because you have to be online, so you have to be licensed to our servers, so you have to buy extra copies of the game and all that kind of stuff. It's all about money, revenue. Mhm. I wonder at what point the the tournament scene though becomes an issue right like if we were to hold a uh like let's say we we were to hold a some kind of um tournament in diablo 3 for example right and it's like a who can clear a a greater rift the fastest at whatever level get the highest clear the fastest there's your tournament go at what point does does blizzard and daddy activision come down and be like hey i want to i we need a cut of that profit right at the point where the profit becomes significant right that's when if it's something like you know because you can do that you could we could create a thread on reddit right now on the diablo uh, reddit and be like hey let's do this and da, 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 da. And they're they're not going to stop it. But if it becomes super profitable, yeah, they're going to stop it. See, and that and that's the part that kind of like right. that's the part that kind of bugs me, right? Because it's it's they're only flexing the muscles when it's beneficial to them, right? It's it's like, oh, cool, you have a million dollar prize pool. Like, well, uh, I'm super happy that you've been able to grow this this uh, this far. Like, yeah, you're doing a really good job to keep this game alive. It's not enough that we're keeping their game alive. They also want to cut the profits. I don't know. I don't like it. Let's go back to the point where, like, as much as there was that problem for Blizzard in the Brood War days, right, of, of them not really ha- having control of the the tournaments and everything that was going on like at the same time i i would feel as as the company that made that game as the developers that worked on that game and built that game like it would be kind of cool to be like yeah you know like yeah i mean i made i made this game and it has like this huge following and it's been going strong for 15 years without oh, yeah. any without me having to do anything to it i mean the thing about it is like blizzard essentially abandoned starcraft like they were like sweet that game was really good now we're moving on and they did wow for however many years so like that whole scene got built and created like entirely without their help and then you know 
like it's kind of like on the one hand like i can understand being like oh man i made this cool game and like it's less it's like it like we could have had this huge opportunity but you can think of it this way like if they had the same if they had the same policies then as they do now like do you think that the community would have been built around the game in the same way as it did i don't know well i kind of think that when things happen spontaneously like the brood war effect in korea that did not require much in terms of corporate intervention to create a big scene in korea correct i mean before, it required before, corporate intervention just not but from the, Blizzard. The, the beginning of it though before people yeah. saw there there's money in it right it was a spontaneous thing correct no i mean I don't know. I don't honestly know the history that in detail, yeah. but I would, I, you know, it's well, a lot of people like the game. So they started yeah. organizing tournaments and in my mind, sponsorships and all that. Yeah. In my mind, once, if you have something that starts from a spontaneous thing online or whatever, and a, and a company tries to come in and tries to steer that chaotic shift, it always blows up in their face. That's just what I think about that kind of stuff. Because it's almost impossible. It's like if if Capcom tried to go in and try to run the fighting game community, it would literally, it might might grow slowly for a couple of years. But but what made that thing great, that 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 spontaneous community, um, would eventually die in my mind. If it got if if someone took that hand and tried to steer the ship, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. Because and you could use the free market option too. Before Blizzard got involved with StarCraft, at least you had all these competing agencies in Korea. It wasn't just one big daddy thing, right? Yeah, mostly it kind of, it kind of started developing yeah. into one big tournament. But yeah, like they 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 created an esports thing that's like the that's like the scale of like the NFL out here, right is crazy how much money got put into that i agree um somebody was saying in a reddit thread too there that overwatch might also be similarly um in danger because because of the growth of fortnite now all these companies are trying to do the same thing and and overwatch has been steadily seeing losses to Fortnite, so they've been actually doing patches to try to make themselves similar. Have you noticed that? Yeah. I mean, it's easy. All they have to do is release a Battle Royale mode for Overwatch. Yeah. But at that point, though, you're no longer... You know, Blizzard was never really the the people to follow the trend, right? And then what you'll piss off the base doing that. So my point is, like, all these companies need to go back to trying to find the next Fortnite again and not trying to be Fortnite. Or before that, be Halo. Or before that, be whatever the hell was popular at the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, quit following the trends. Make your own. Take some risks. Innovate. And see if you get the big innovation. In the case of Fortnite, though, that was like a happy accident. They didn't innovate anything. They just made a more stable product with more, with cat, with more childlike appeal than PUBG. Definitely yeah, true. Yeah, because, like, and that... that uh that version the fortnite that we know today isn't the fortnite that originally came out right like the fortnite no. that originally came out was uh it wasn't a single player game i think it was a multiplayer game but it wasn't online 
No, it was, or, it was like, it wasn't. It, I mean, it wasn't PvP, right? No, it was, it was co-op. Against, yeah, it was co-op against AI. It was base building, everything like that. And then PUBG was doing really well, and they were like, well, we could do this. And then they came out with the, like, basically the mod for their game that turned it into what we know today. Right. That has blown up. It makes me wonder, though, with uh, with Blizzard and what they're doing. Like, they, they've seen a lot of backlash this year with BFA. They got and a lot of backlash. To, like 8.1 is causing even more backlash. Yep. Go on. Sorry. Um, no, you're good. Uh, they got backlash with Diablo Immortal. Um, and the fact that, and part of that I feel like is unfounded. Not that Diablo Immortal is a good idea, um, which, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I still feel like I'm going to give it a shot when it comes out on the phone because whatever, I need things to do on my phone sometimes. And I don't mind playing games on my phone um they said that they you know there was that article that came out with some reputable sources that were saying that they were supposed to have a diablo 4 announcement but it you know they they weren't able to get a a demo in time etc etc they've said that next year next year is supposed to be a blizzcon to pay attention to they're moving assets away from heroes of the storm uh potentially trying to you know spark up whatever can be done with overwatch because it's losing traction like I, I wonder if they get rid of overwatch as we know it today right mm-hmm. um get rid of overwatch get rid of here's of the storm because here's of the storm was a copy of league of legends right that, that was them doing the moba thing also i hear a copy but also a missed opportunity dota started on their platform and they didn't see that. They didn't have the high. They didn't have the the foresight to see what that would have become. And somebody else came in and did it for them. Yep. How stupid was that? Sorry, go on. No, you're good. Um, it makes me wonder though because they. I've heard. I don't remember where I read it or when I read it, but it was this year, or some point in time. They were talking about. Uh, uh, wasn't there like a single player Overwatch thing or like a storyline something for it? Because that was supposed to be their. Like Overwatch started as Project Titan, right? And it was yep. supposed to be the new MMO. And then they scrapped it and did Overwatch. But now they're, I read somewhere where they might be doing something else in like the same universe. Like there's so much lore there that maybe next year, and, and who knows, this, this could just be me hoping, but maybe next year they'll actually come out with another, another good IP that is unique to them and not a copy of another game. Or honestly, they could even come out and be do like a single player version of Overwatch, right? Yeah, like well, the you problem, could make a lot of content with that. The problem is, I, I think a single player version of Overwatch would be awesome because I think it has a great world and great lore. But would Big, da- Big Daddy Activision let them? And no one used Sekiro as an example here. Sekiro is a single player game, but that's Activision trying to break into Japan. That is exactly that is an experiment that they're trying with from software that is their um the samurai dark souls game right yeah okay yeah yeah. that is literally an experiment to break into another market in my mind um so that's that's a fluke but i i don't know if big daddy activision would let blizzard make a single player game if that makes sense yeah i don't know and maybe not i don't know maybe it doesn't need to be single player but i think it needs to be more than overwatch right i agree overwatch is it had and has continues to have so much potential 
and they put so much into it for the stories and the lore and the world building that like i feel they could do something big with it and maybe i don't know maybe project titan was was something that they were working on that you know just like there was that article where they were saying that they were working on Diablo four and they got a couple years into it and they scrapped it because it wasn't working. Maybe project Titan wasn't working and, but they had this game that they could come out with it. And it's like, you know what? This is actually pretty fun. So they released it, but maybe they're working on a different one They They might still come out with an, another MMO or something that is this big multiplayer, you know, in the overwatch world that is uh, something to look out for. I don't know. Hopefully. Tired of copycats. I am too. And I'm, I, I, because I'm such a radical person, like I'm starting to take a stand from some of these bigger companies and I'm, I'm going to try to wade through the, the indie game mess and spread my money around more, uh, better, I guess you could say, even though more better is not a way, good way to say it. But, uh, I don't know, like the, the, all these scandals this year shows me that AAA development is, is having a identity crisis. And the only way for me to get my point across is to spend my money at different spots, maybe not such big studios. Like um, I keep telling you guys to play Undertale. That's a game worth your money. Um, you, you know, Square Enix, even though being a big AAA company has have been shitting out gems the last three years, people should probably check that out. You know? Um, maybe we just need to get away from our our big daddies over here for a little bit and let them sit in the corner and think for a little while. We we spend our money elsewhere. That's just kind of how I look at it. What's some good uh, Square Enix games? Uh, Near Automata. Um, if you like um, turn based games, they have a uh, studio called Tokyo Idea Factory. Um, I think that's their name. They've made uh, um, I Am Sakura. Or I am Setsuna, excuse me, which is a Chrono Trigger um, throwback in the sense of mechanics. Um, they made that Switch exclusive, which I just started playing. I'm having fun. Um, Octopath Traveler, uh, Kingdom Hearts Three comes out next month, and look, it's looking fucking fantastic. By the way, uh, I don't know. I think uh, they have an Avengers project there that they're working on right now. Like also Final Fantasy Fifteen. Yeah, Final Fantasy 15 was decent. The Tomb Raider games have been really good. Yeah. Was Final Fantasy 14 them? Yep. The the MOBA? Okay. The MOBA? You mean the MMO? Or yeah, sorry, not yep. the that's, Yeah. That's Square Enix, yep. That's their okay. IP. That's got an expansion coming out this summer and that looks that Here's what I'll say about Final Fantasy 14. It's not for everybody, but my god, is the fucking plot as good as any mainline Final Fantasy every single expansion. That may not always be the case. If they lose their their director and producer um, who's been working on this thing since they redid Final Fantasy 14, that may not be the case. But as long as he's around, it's a fucking fantastic experience. So, like, I, my point is, I'm not just going to spend all my money in Square Enix. I'm going to start looking at other, uh, other companies. And maybe when EA shits out a new project, yeah, I don't really buy their games anyway, but I'm, I'm really going to be like, nah. Or like when, when Blizzard comes out, I'm going to be really skeptical. I'm just going to be super skeptical, and I'm going to wait. I'm not going to buy day one anymore from them. Like, I'm just going to fucking wait. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have to see what happens with, with Blizzard and what they're what they're planning on do i'm i'm gonna try to actually go to blizzcon next year uh i've never i've never been to one so 
Well, let's I, let's hope your first BlizzCon isn't shit. It should have went years right? ago. I know. But so we'll we'll see what happens. Um here's to hoping, right? Because I, I I like I like their worlds. I like the stories that they tell. But lately it's been shitty. EA I've never really had a stake in. Like I I don't know. The the best EA games that I could ever remember playing were like the NFL games on the N sixty four. Oh, I was about to say, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I was about to guess that you were going to name a bunch of games that were created during the Riccatello era when John Riccatello I mean, ran EA, which was like Mirror's Edge, Dead they, Space, Dead Space, the first Dragon Age games. That's when the EA Ooh, was yeah. actually making some pretty good games. You know, I never played Mirror's the Edge, the first Dragon Age games. Oh, I did it's play a Dragon fucking Age. gem. You should play it. I played Dragon Age Inquisition. I like that one. And then you Origins is a, is a is a gem. You should play it. Skip to that game is a piece of shit. So, 2018, guys. What do you think? Did we win? I think we won. I think I think we pulled out some uh, some good shit. I think we had quite a few good shows in 2018. Yep. I think, I think uh, TMJ Syndrome is going to come back in 2019. Keep them going strong. 2019 syndrome 2019 syndrome yep oh yeah well, no. just gotta make sure that these uh we gotta keep these these game developers in line and keep creating shitty games so we can keep talking about it yeah as soon as they come out with a gem that everyone loves i don't know what we're gonna talk about that's true so you know ea you just keep doing what you're doing you too blizzard <laughs> all good so, you know, we're we're we can't we can't say how awesome it is all the people that have have uh listened to our show. Uh make sure to like and subscribe. If you're on Podbeam, you got to log in now apparently. Uh and if you're on YouTube, leave us a or not YouTube, iTunes and YouTube. If you're on YouTube or iTunes, leave us a fucking comment. Yep. Any negative comments on on youtube get pinned to the top gets pinned yep 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 so make sure you downvote and leave negative comments if you're upset yep yep and uh we'll see y'all next year yep happy 2018 bye bye